there, I'm Kimberly Hayes de Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to the first season of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants, development, and fundraising. Full disclosure, we're Southern. Y'all. You may hear a y'all. (laughs) Y'all. It happens. This season is brought to you by our generous sponsor, Grant Writing USA. Grant Writing USA delivers training programs across America that dramatically enhances performance in the areas of grant writing, grant management, and grant maker research. They have coached, trained, and consulted for nearly 15,000 top-ranked organizations and more than 25,000 individual achievers from every possible domain leaders of government, academics, outstanding nonprofit managers, top performing staffers, pretty much everyday heroes. Yep. Now another full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Kimberly and I are both trainers for Grant Writing USA. At the end of this episode and throughout season one, we will be sure to let you know about upcoming offers at Grant Writing USA just for our listeners of the Fundraising Heyday podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the three main types of private foundation funding and the different approaches that each of them may require. And since Kimberly is our reigning nonprofit foundation expert. You're so kind. I know. You're going to be hearing a lot from her today. I've got the occasional uh uh-huh going on. She's good at that. mm Mm-hmm. See, did you you catch (laughs) what she just did? It's awesome. (laughs) So first up, let's uh, talk a little bit about private family foundations. In a super quick thumbnail summary, foundations are formed when there is a fairly large amount of money put together that is to be used for philanthropic purposes, and it's set up in a way in accordance with the IRS so that the people to whom that money belongs do not pay taxes on that money. Therefore, it must be distributed in certain ways, and one of those ways is to a 501c3 or other designated organization. Good deal. So when you're looking at private family foundations, some of them, the big names you may hear about, have evolved into very professionally run foundations, larger foundations like Bill and Melinda Gates, um, Robert Wood Johnson, these big names that you may hear about. But for every one of those, there are hundreds of very small, sometimes staff-less organizations that are simply run by the board of directors, i.e. the family, that gets together and votes on different proposals and tries to decide things. So in your approach to these smaller foundations, be aware that you may have to do some digging if you don't have any contacts with that family foundation and also know that any kind of site visits or any kind of regular communication may not happen as quickly just because of the very nature of this small family foundation. Or sometime, if at all, right? I know mm-hmm. there are some smaller <clears throat> foundations, like you said, they really have no staff. So you kind of submit your application and other than a yes or no letter, that may be that about may the be, only communication, right? That may be all you get. And it's been my experience that a lot of the smaller family foundations don't necessarily have any kind of online presence, including any kind of online portal for submitting grants. So you're going to be doing it the old-fashioned way. Get yourself to the post office, huh? Making the line, buying the stamps. And that's okay. But just know that and know that you need to build in extra time to do that. If they do have a staff person, that person's chances are not going to be full-time, maybe someone part-time, or maybe someone who just comes in every once in a while to oversee the application process. 
a good way to try and dig around and find this information is going to be on um, a 990, which is a tax return of sorts that nonprofits and foundations need to fill out. It's uh, reporting income, assets, distributions of assets, listing board members, and sometimes there's contact information, and many times there's also an attachment, an addendum, or something that is telling you how to apply to that organization. So just know that you can find it there. I knew you could find out who they gave money to in the past, but never thought of using a 990 as potentially finding out application process. That's a good idea. It's not on every single one all the time, but it's on a lot of them. It may just say, hey, we accept applications once a year. The deadline's December the 1st. Maybe it's on their letterhead. Maybe it isn't. But and 990s are just scintillating reading, by the way, just <laughs> hundreds of pages. Like audits, right? The, generally for a smaller foundation, it's not going to be hundreds of pages. But yeah, it's about as exciting as an audit. But... The exciting part is when you find these little nuggets of information that help you craft a proposal or reach out to start a relationship. The things that I have experienced with family foundations that have made them attractive sources of funding, even if they may not be the biggest ticket grants you'll ever write in your life, is that a lot of them get to know an organization and then perhaps will move more toward supplying the holy grail of grant seeking, which is general operating funds, which are funds you could use for what you need. Oh, that's That's a lovely celestial (laughs) sound effect. Thank you, Amanda. That's me, celestial. (laughs) (laughs) So if you are that kind of organization that has these relationships with family foundations, many times it's more functioning like a major donor relationship where they give through the instrument of the family foundation, but they may be in coming to your special events or you may be visiting with them or in a larger organization, your major donor officer or your executive director may be reaching out. And so there is a proposal process, but it may be a little more informal. It may not be as clearly defined, but they could be source uh, sources of regular um, donations that could be used for general operating. Very so nice. that's another big plus. And um, many family foundations, if they're as they grow, as I mentioned earlier, they may or they may just start big. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They they started big. They're going big. They are in it to win it. But how many Bill and Melinda Gates out there are there? Not not many. But yes. I have worked with family foundations that have grown their their assets were managed in a very fruitful way. And they Mm -hmm. grew and then they were able to hire staff. And then they were able to move from mailing in applications to attaching proposals to emails to then online portals. And they've gotten more sophisticated over the years. There are several in the Atlanta area I've worked with. So if you you can grow together with a family foundation and, and, and build a relationship. So again, Think of them as you may have to dig around a little bit. They may not have professional staff because they may not be big enough. They could be sources, though, of good, solid, year-after-year annual giving that can support your operations, and that is nothing to sneeze at. So the next main area of foundations I want to talk about today is corporate foundations and just want to give you some points to ponder about that. As you might realize, corporate foundations are foundations that businesses and corporations set up. I know, right? (laughs) I hope y'all are sitting down. 
to be there, the terms you might hear used are community social responsibility, community outreach, where they want to have a presence in the community that isn't all about buying and selling their products, but to promote the changes they want to see in their communities. Many times, corporate foundations that are set up as a semi-separate entity will have at least one staff person who is there running the show, if not more. They may have groups of employees that cycle in and out over the years as part of their review committees. Certainly for the larger banks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, what have you, they will have very sophisticated operations. They'll have webinars, technical assistance, grant portals that work, which is also a discussion discussion for another day, that that they'll have all of these things on tap. So it is a very, very different approach. They may not be open to a getting to know you, getting to know all about you, reach out, come (laughs) and hang out with us, or it may happen only in prescribed grant cycles. They also may focus on specific areas. It's been my experience that corporate foundations, by and large, are not as interested in those general operating funds that perhaps a smaller family foundation may be more disposed to. They may have a specific theme for a lot of bank corporate foundations that may be about creating jobs or financial literacy, and those are the kinds of things that they're looking to fund. So it's more like they're deciding the theme and the eligibility. Of course, they determine that, and then it's on you to see how well you fit the focus area. They also will probably be looking to make a higher profile gift In some cases, with larger, more competitive grants, maybe a transformational gift, and recognition as such needs to be a part of the grant application process. And I have been lucky enough to be able to secure larger awards from corporate foundations over the years for the places where I've worked, and it is exciting, but it's not something that happens um, every day, and when you periodically, you hear me talking about pie on here, and it's not just because I might be hungry, but (laughs) it's about when you're thinking about your overall fundraising pie or even your grant revenue pie, corporate foundations are actually not the leaders in grant making. It's just something to keep in mind because I think... You're not going to get a huge grant from the Home Depot Foundation every year. No, not every year. You might get a nice one, but it probably won't be every year. And it's probably going to be tied, and this is not a bad thing. It just is what it is. It might be tied to a specific focus area or maybe building in specific volunteer components and and recognition in certain ways down to you know using the logo in certain ways getting prior approval before you promote it i'm not saying turn away from them at all it can be a tremendous beneficial source for your organization but just know that there're probably going to be a lot more specifications and that there's going to be a fairly narrow scope and that it may not be something that you could count on as an annual gift. Gotcha. So again, nothing to sneeze at, just a different way of doing things. It can also be a good source for volunteers. If you're building a program or a grant application that includes uh, program involvement, a lot of times the questions might be, how do you use volunteers or what would be volunteer opportunities for our Ernst & Young employees or our Deloitte employees or whatever, whoever you're sending this proposal to? And 
they are really wanting to know. So if you're because they've got staff that they want to go out in the community and dig in and volunteer, right? A lot of them have specific volunteer days once a year. Mm-hmm. I worked with uh, Turner Broadcasting. They actually had an application grant application process for their volunteer day, which was okay. about you know. Very, very specific, very specific opportunities where they would pay for the materials and supplies. So it ended up being a good thing, but the money wasn't huge. It was paying for materials and supplies that were needed, but the exposure and the opportunity for individuals to sort of come and fall in love with the organization and perhaps return as volunteers or choose to come to a fundraising gala or give personally themselves. That's also something that you shouldn't just dismiss out of hand. So a lot of crossover um, is possible with corporate foundation gifts. And you actually, Amanda, in addition to saying, uh, and hey, way to go (laughs) throughout this, you actually have an example of uh, corporate gifts. I do. have a, a small example. I had a, uh, several years ago, a police officer come to me and say, hey, hate to bother you because it's not like I need some big grant, but he's like, I just need a little bit of money, like one to $2,000 to help with National Night Out, which is a, um, it's an event the second Tuesday, I believe, in August every year where police departments mm-hmm. try to interact with their community. And it's, it's a great um, community policing activity and for neighbors to get to know their neighbors. So anyway, he came to me and he was like, look, every year my chief wants bigger and better at this national night out, but my budget never gets bigger and better. So I thought you could help me out. So Hmm. obviously I'm not going to a federal source, Department of Justice. I don't, I don't need to go to them for a thousand dollars. So I start poking around the web um, and stumble upon the fact that Target, which I love me some Target, Uh um, Target has a lot of small grant programming, sometimes very specific. In fact, so specific, they had a grant just for National Night Out where you could get, wow, yes, you could get money. So we start working on it, put our budget together, very simple online portal. We answer all the questions. We requested $1,500. That was going to help us pay for our signage to let people know about the event and help pay for food because we know that's how you get people to things. You well, have the free food, food, not the signs. No, the signs food. aren't. Yeah, food. It's food. Um, so anyway, so we apply, and I, again, I'm used to the federal grants. So less like two weeks later, I get a call from <laughs> finance going, "Hey, we have a check that we think might be a grant," and I was like, "Okay, why do you think it's a grant?" And they're like, "Well, it's from Target, and it's too big to be a garbage bill." But it's not tax season, so it's not like they're paying a tax or anything. You know, oh, right, their taxes. right, right. So we don't know why they're sending us money. And I was like, oh, well, what does the letter say? Because, you know, who just sends a check, right? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, there's no letter. And I was like, okay, well, what does the memo line say? Like, surely it says grant, right, or right. National Night Out. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. And I was like, well, I just don't know. And they're like, well, all we can tell you is a check from Target for $1,500. And, of course, I perked up. I'm like, hmm, I just wrote a grant to Target for $1,500. Related? Maybe Mm. it's mine. Yeah, so call up the contact I had with Target. And Target's like, yep, that's ours. And literally, that was it. I'm like, okay, so award agreement. And he was like, nope, nothing to sign. We're, we're happy to give. Hope your, hope your event goes well. And not only was there no award agreement and did it happen so fast and did just check just show up, they also didn't require any reporting. They were like, we give this money. We know National Night Out is a good thing for the community. Aww. We have a target here. We want to help our police department do good work. There you go. So we did. We did good work with it. Of course, you know, the... 
type A personality in me still accounted <laughs> for. I have a report about it. I have pictures. I have every penny documented on how we spent it because that's how good, I roll. Y'all. That's right. Um, but yeah, it was a small little, and I hate to say it, but I mean, it, it really, it did good in our community. It was a fabulous event. And well, so it was a good fit. It was perfect. good. It was good matchmaking for fundraising. It was a good fit. They had this special fund for this night. You had a police officer that really wanted to take the lead and make it happen. And so it worked. I mean, it not did. every wonderful grand experience has to have like six or seven zeros this is true. after the number on the check to make it a beautiful thing. This is true. And now I have a police officer who thinks I walk on water, which is also not a very bad thing. No, either. that's always good. That's <laughs> always that's handy. That's good. Some larger scale um, awards that I've worked with from corporate foundations that have really been interesting. Um, One of them that comes to mind is when I was at the food bank, it was an award, I think it was a million dollars from the Coca-Cola Foundation over three years, but it allowed the food bank to actually sub-grant to partner agencies that needed trucks and freezers and coolers. And it was such a cool innovative grant and the Coca freezers Co- and cool sorry oh oh did you see what i did there you but did i don't even good. know when i'm doing it that's a scary thing <laughs> sorry to interrupt no but girl it's fine out. so this grant was a little challenging to work on it was it was sort of last minute they had a portal we made it work um, there was a lot of pre-meetings with the ed and the powers that be at the foundation but ultimately it was so very satisfying and they were willing to do something a little innovative, and they had the capital to say, hey, we can fund this, so let's do it. So from police nights out to million-dollar programs that help distribute food all across the metro Atlanta area, corporate foundations can just do a lot of good. Yeah. Well, and I, um, random note here, too, I had a, an instance once where we were applying for a fire safety house. It's mm-hmm. like this big mobile trailer thing that, you know, kids can come in and learn oh, about not yeah. touching the hot stove yeah. and we can fill it with smoke so they learn to crawl low and all that good stuff. Well, it was it was starting to get real old and worn mm. out and it's time to buy a new one. So we had applied to the Assistance to Firefighters Grant. It's a grant through FEMA, the right. Federal Emergency Management Agency. We didn't get the grant from FEMA. But here's what's interesting about it. We had the night I had presented the council uh, or the, the item to my city council, a reporter was there and had mentioned in their write-up of stuff going on that we had applied for this grant. Fast forward about three or four months, I had someone from the local Fireman's Fund insurance company that used to be around call me up and say, hey, I heard y'all applied for the grant. Did you get it? And I said, well, actually, sadly, no, we didn't get the grant. And he was like, well, I hate that for you, but I want to make it happen. This is in line with the work we're doing. I'm a local agent. And he, together, we had some money saved up as our match for the original grant. Mm -hmm. So I told him, okay, we, we have this money set aside. Between their national office and three or four local agents, they were able to cobble together the difference. Oh, wow. Didn't even have to apply for the grant because they already knew what we wanted to do. Right. And it was in line with the work that they did. And, yeah, showed up with a big check one day. And we just we put the, slapped their logo on the side of our new fire Heck safety yeah, house. Did. And it was awesome. So even just this is another way why just, you know, PR, even grants I didn't get, you know, mm-hmm. still sometimes lead to 
new grants. I liked it. And I think it also illustrates the power of corporate funding to sometimes be a little nimbler yes. than mm-hmm. maybe um, government funding and yes. getting things done. So just something to think about there. The last subset of uh, private foundation funding I wanted to get in a quick word about would be uh, community foundations and also foundations that are associated with a specific group, whether it's geographically, like the Community Foundation of Greater Atlanta, mm-hmm. Or another Atlanta foundation I'm thinking of is the Atlanta Women's Foundation, where it's around, of course, supporting women's projects and getting women to invest in philanthropy and and many other things. And I know other cities across the nation have these foundations. And across Georgia, there are foundations usually in major cities and larger towns. The difference between a community foundation and a private family foundation is, well, first of all, the community foundation is going to be composed of a lot of different donors. They're going to get their money to then grant out into the community based on people establishing donor-advised funds and housing their private family foundations within the umbrella of a community foundation or another foundation. Like the Atlanta Kiwanis has a a foundation that members support, and then they have a process. And if you're wondering what the heck a donor-advised fund is, um, clearly... You haven't listened to our early podcast. Girls, start listening to that podcast. Kimberly explains donor advice funds. It's a beautiful thing. Breaking it down, keeping (laughs) it real. And again, their handling of donor-advised funds, especially in these larger foundations, which could run toward a billion dollars in assets easily, several hundred million dollars in assets easily, they often have larger pools of money available through straight donor-advised fund giving that never enters into a competitive grant cycle. So by participating in a grant cycle with a community foundation and getting to know them in a way that makes sense for them, and you're going to know that because you're going to read and you're going to ask, you can also potentially Put yourself in front of people who may be advising families who are making those kinds of philanthropic investments and where they may want to consider donating their funds. All around, um, I think community foundations can do tremendous good and they can help unite money together to grow it responsibly, but to also help drive nonprofit engagement and community involvement. Depending on the size of the foundation, they may have lots of professional staff and very organized grant cycles multiple times a year in multiple focus areas, or it may be they may have a single grant focus in a year and a grant cycle to go along with that. But please don't count them out, and they can just be also great resources in finding out who the movers and shakers are in your local philanthropic community. I like it. A thing to remember is that while actual grants themselves share the same basic components, most grants are going to ask about a need statement and your methodology and goals and objectives and your budgets and an evaluation plan, all those good things. Uh Foundations that provide them may require different approaches. What I mean by that is when you've seen one grant application... You've seen one grant application. Sing it, my sister. I know. They're all going to be different in regards to how much space you have, the specific questions they ask, how you submit, when you submit. So if you've written that one small community family foundation grant application, awesome. The next one could be totally different. So just be prepared for that. But what's not different 
is the gratitude we feel for our season one sponsor, Grant Riding we USA. We love us some Grant Riding USA. Mm-hmm. For a special offer for our listeners only, visit their website, grantwritingusa.com backslash podcast. While you're there, you can check out their two-day courses taught in all 50 states. But I do want you to remember, there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn. We'd love for this podcast to be one of your favorite ways to learn. Thank you so much for listening today. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season, including the next one where we are going to talk about public funding and you. Oh, it's going to be the Amanda Show. The Amanda Day Hour. Starring Amanda. So thanks so much. Amanda. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Bye.